Hey, this is Sarah Morris, and you're listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Welcome to episode number 20 of the Minnesota Music Shakedown, a podcast dedicated to spinning some of the best original Twin Cities and beyond area music. Featured this week are music by Patrick Tanner, a discussion with Sarah Morris about life and her new album, Here's to You. Also, Joel Levinson of December Friend talks about his new album, Splendor Never Dies. I'm your host, Mark Sterry, and thank you for supporting live and local music. Hey, this is Patrick Tanner, and you're listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. They will be the greatest 
single Porcupine and Penguin off of his brand new EP, Sunny Side Up. Check it out on Spotify. Interview coming soon. Next up, we have Sarah Morris talking her new album, Here's to You, Song Props, Midwest Country Music Organization, and more. Afterwards, hear the title track, Here's to You. Sarah Morris, welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today there, Sarah? It's going well, Mark. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Good to catch up with you again. It's been a few years since you've been on the podcast. And yes. that's good to talk about. Well, here to talk about your new album, Here's to You. But we were just talking about something before I hit record. How Have you ever seen that meme that goes around the internet where a guy takes a time machine and goes to 100 years in the future and comes back and says, yep, musicians still get paid $100 a gig? <laughs> I haven't, but it's, yeah. <laughs> yes, that that is the truth. I've played shows for 15 years, and it raises, let's say the food goes up, drinks go up. It doesn't necessarily resonate with a musician's asking price sometimes. What is your experience with that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that's mostly true. I think that post-pandemic... I've maybe gotten a little pickier in some of that regard, but, um, or and maybe that's not even it. Maybe it's like, I know that I'm going to play less because one thing I learned was, um, I need some more time at home, you know, with the kids. So then I don't know. So, so yes. And there has been some places where it's worked out a little bit. Yes. I'm not saying all places I'm saying, yeah. you know, I mean, Right. The joke runs true sometimes. For sure. Oh, my gosh. And well, and you think you know, we're here to talk about an album and I bought a bunch of CDs, you know, and it's like those have to go up in price, even though they're pretty much just coasters, you know, like yeah. like people are buying them just as a as a um, commemorative item more than anything. So with your new album coming out, are you going to make CDs? Are you going to like, are you going to go with the vinyl? Well, I made CDs, Mark. You want me to go get out? I can show you boxes of them. Oh yes, I did. Are you going to go vinyl at all? That's not the plan at this point. I think I don't have a record player. So part of it is that I don't have that heart piece. I liked every, almost everything I do had like some real heart movement towards it. So I don't have a desire to own vinyl. So to that end, vinyl, it doesn't occur to me to make it. Um, and while I know a lot of people love it, um, it is, it to me looks like something big that I'd have to store and then find, you know, merch space. <laughs> I hear you. So, How about cassette? <laughs> I've seen bands I haven't done that yet. For sure. So the artist who produced my album, Dave Mailing, he, the last thing he put out in a physical form that I know of was his album Beach Boy, which he put out on cassette. And I bought a cassette and then I streamed it. You know what I mean? Like, so I have the cassette, which is cool. And then I mostly listen to it online. Yeah. I, that, I love I that idea because I grew up on cassettes. You know, I love that. Oh, me too. Um, yes. So when you're, you're, Album release show is May 5th at the Ice House, right? So I was looking yep. at your, like, an iTunes to download your album. You have an, right. a single out right now, Here's to You. And yep. so do you have it set so it's going to be able to download it that day? Or when is it, yes. when it can it go online? Yeah. May 5th is the day that it all, you know, if everything that I did, if I did it all correctly <laughs> as an independent musician... If I if I put it all in the places that it's supposed to be and if I press all the right buttons, it should go live, you know, as the clock turns 
1201 on May 5th. Outstanding. Um, are you still doing your, your prompt stuff? Sure. Yes, I am. We will get our last prompt of the winter session the Sunday after that. So the 7th. Um, yeah, I still do that. Awesome. Who comes up with the prompt ideas? Laurel Hay or Laurel Tamandel is her name. She lives in Wisconsin. She's she's in charge. Like I'm just the head cheerleader. And I only declared myself that. No one's given me that official title. That's just the one that I made up for myself. But um but yeah, Laurel has been in charge of all of that since twenty fourteen. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Um so if you write a song based on one of the prompt ideas. Is that, yep. is there ever any like songwriting credit issues when it comes to that? No, no, because it's just a prompt. It's just what, you know, it's just like the thing that launched you into a song and, and generally it's just a word or it's a picture. The, yeah, you know, I think it is, since 2014, the challenge has been going, and my guess is it has spawned, I don't know, I bet 40 different kinds of recordings, you know, EPs, albums of different artists, and it's pretty awesome. I should have her on the podcast and talk about the genesis. Oh, my of gosh. Her. Yes, you should. She's like, yes, yes. I got to actually of that, yeah. On May 6th, is the um, there's actually a party, a showcase, where I think 35 of the writers are going to play songs from their set from the winter session at KJ's Hideaway. Yeah. It's at 1, one o'clock on Saturday the 6th. So the day after my release show, I get to go and sing a couple songs with them, which is exciting. Oh, that's great. Um, another thing you did recently is the Midwest... Country Music Association Awards. Can you tell us a little bit about... Organization, because they got in trouble with the other country music associations, so they have to be the organization. All right. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? I know you're you're heavily involved in that that scene. Yeah, gosh, I don't, you know... Are you even country, though? No, I don't know that I am... So here's what I say. Country songwriting is still is like that's where I learned I don't know I feel like that's foundational for my writing so I feel like it's never that I'm not it's never away from my heart right that's always part of everything I do um the sounds especially on this album are less country than they've ever been but I think the songwriting I'd like to think it's still in there um and by that I mean just like the attention I to detail and to to you singing things like there's like you'd speak them and uh and structure and and hopefully craft i hope that stuff comes across i feel like that's really important to me but the sounds are less country than they've ever been and the midwest country music organization is a really really fantastic organization it started mostly in minnesota but it is growing all the time and so the awards were just in iowa Last weekend, or two weeks, I don't know when this is airing, but recently, and I got to be the co-host, which is super fun. It was nice of them to ask me because, again, I'm not super country sounding, and I don't know, anytime I get to go hang out with that crew, be part of that community, I'm aware of the fact that, like, a lot of people are 
fully country all the time. And so it's, it feels like nice when they let me come play with them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotcha. When you host something like that, how do you prepare for that? Like, do you watch award shows to, to like prepare how you do that? Or how do you, what's the pre-qualifications for getting up in front of people and hosting an award show? Gosh. Well, I don't know. I've only done it once. So, so now what I can tell you based on what I did was it involved some Zoom calls with my co-host, Monica Austin. She's amazing. She's from Iowa. So if you're ever, if the mostly part of Minnesota ever applies, she's like a really spectacular person. Um, and so we Zoomed. They had a layout of previous scripts. So we were able to, you know, there is a format. And so our job as hosts was mainly to look at what the format was and then think of things to say to lead into every performance or award. And so the way I prepped for it was to do research on some of the artists that I didn't know as well. Um, As far as the day of, you know, I've never held cue cards and a cordless mic and a strappy gout. I've never done that before. And there was no way to practice really. We showed up. Um, I had a gig the night before in Park Rapids, Minnesota. So it was kind of like showing up pretty close to, you know, it was like 1230. And I also did a performance piece or like I sang. So I rehearsed that. And then it was just, you know, meeting. Here's the stage. Here's the lights. The tech crew is amazing. Everyone made it so easy so that I could just get up and kind of be Sarah, but with a microphone and a fancy dress. Did you, you discover know? any artists this trip down there that you'd never heard of before that kind of popped out? That was like, wow, I'd like to follow them or wow, they got a bright future ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody was <laughs> phenomenal. I, there was nobody that I'd never heard of before, but there were people that I got to kind of experience a new. Danny Grouse is really amazing. Monica Austin, like I said, I'd never seen her perform live before. Um, fantastic. Haley James is somebody that she won female vocalist and songwriter of the year, which is really cool. She's very young. So if we're talking about bright futures, um, Haley James for sure would be under that. Under that piece, um, Robert Deitch was an artist that I had not heard of before the awards. He lives in Iowa and does a lot of songwriting in Nashville, is my understanding. He was really great. Um, I'm sure I'm missing people. Dana Kay is someone I already knew, but it was great to catch up with her. It was really cool. Okay. I'm going to ask you another question, then we'll talk about your album for a little bit here. So I was listening to you this morning, especially your new single coming out, and I heard you do some really cool riffs at the end of like the second verse or something like that just did some cool little riff with your voice i'm trying to get more riffs in my singing style not to change Mm -hmm. my voice at all i'm just trying to like when i play guitar and play harmonic i have a lot of little cool riffs and so i have a certain vocal style i'm just trying to spice it up a little bit with some riffs just very slightly nothing obviously earth shattering or anything so who are you listening to lately vocal wise that are an inspiration Mm -hmm. to you yeah. Right now, Madison Cunningham would be the first name that pops into my mind. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. I keep listening to her album Revealer, which came out last year, and she's actually got a deluxe edition coming out on May 5th as well. So we get to share a release date. She's fantastic. That would be um, the first name. I go fall back a lot on like Leon Womack I've been listening to a lot again. Lori McKenna, 
Um, always Mary Chapin Carpenter. It's interesting, you know, with just with singing, I always want it to feel close to speech. And so I guess it doesn't like if you're like, oh, riffs, that doesn't sound close to speech, Sarah. But I do think that the things I do are very natural extensions of the feeling. Like that's how I, I would never put in a riff for riff's sake. You know, I grew up on Mariah Carey. She was my hero, <laughs> which was also one of her biggest hit singles. Um, and, right. but right. So I think there is some melisma that's like in my story all the time, but I try. What's I melisma think mean? Melisma is what a vocal riff would. That's like when you take the vol, the vowel and you just like put all the notes on it. That's going to be your melisma. Oh my. Yeah. God. Okay. And, and so that's under, that's always part of my history. Right. But as I've grown up, I think I'd like to be as tasteful as possible. I want to make sure that I use them if they make sense, you know?
would like to take a minute or two to thank the two sponsors of this week's podcast, ID Chrysler Zombroda and the B-Dale Club. I read on Facebook, Dakota from ID Chrysler Zombroda is Employee of the Month. Congratulations, Dakota, and thank you for helping me work out and get my new Cherokee X. I can't believe I got this new car. I absolutely love it. I feel like the James Bond of St. Paul slash Roseville. Head on down to ID Chrysler if you're looking for a new vehicle. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at ZombrotaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombrota, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zombrota today and enjoy a safe summer Finally, summer, season full of adventures and memories out in that open road in a new ride. Also, the B-Dale Club, one of my favorite bars on the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club is located on the corner of Conroe B and Dale, and their motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is the Stone Cold Truth. May 21st, Sunday, May 21st, we're doing a mini golf tournament one of my favorite days of the year. And all proceeds go to children going to Camp CIC in Turtle Lake. Natalie, Shelley, Dustin, the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. As of late, my libation of choice has been the screw-up. Shelley makes the best ever. And to quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair, they're tasty little devils. Live music, pool table, pull tabs, Tuesday night, chess society, bingo, Meat Raffle, Bocce Ball Thursdays, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one. Now, next up, we have Joel Leviton of December Friend talking about his new album, Splendor Never Dies. Afterwards, I'll be spinning the track, Textures. Joel Leviton from December Friend. Welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today there, Joel? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me, Mark. Absolutely, man. I've just been talking to Joel about he's been listening to the podcast. That's pretty cool. Love We're both Dan podcast. Murphy fans. And uh, he's got the coolest photo uh, where he's coming from of Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger. Who was the other person in the photo? Keith Richards. Keith Richards at Mick Jagger's birthday party in New York. It is so cool. <laughs> So cool. I love it. Um, so, yeah, Joel, thanks for coming on the podcast. So where are you where are you, where are you living or where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Minneapolis. I grew up in Minneapolis, uh, went to school outside of Minneapolis and lived around a little bit and uh, came came home. This place, uh, this place draws people back. So I'm from here. Yeah. Um, so if you're from here, what's some of your favorite local Minneapolis bands over the years? Oh, well, uh, number one has to be The Replacements. Absolutely love him. I'm a huge Paul Westerberg fan. I think he's an amazing, amazing songwriter. Um, so I sort of grew up on the replacements, Husker Du, Soul Asylum, that that kind of stuff. So I, I love that. That was sort of my bread and br- butter growing up. Yeah, I agree. I love those. Um, you ever get to see them live or see the replacements live back in the day or whatever? I did. I think I saw. I, I saw. Um, I think I saw the Tim tour. Uh, either in the entry or the main room. I forget which one. Uh, I've seen Soul Asylum a number of times. I mean, Hang Time, Soul Asylum's Hang Time is one of my favorite records. And Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I was pretty young, but I, I saw that show, and uh, it was great. It was great. Does Hang Time have the song Marionette on it? It does. It's a great song. God, I love, love that Marionette. song. I haven't thought of that in a million years. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good record. Super cool song. Very, very cool Really record. good record. Yeah. Um, so, so Joel, you've been playing music for a long time. You've been gigging around the cities. What's your music story? Sure, absolutely. So I, you know, I grew up as a musician and always played in bands, uh, high school bands, played in college, uh, and then didn't didn't play for for a while. And then, as sort of in adulthood, I was in a band called Circus of the West, and we played uh, the local scene. We played the entry. We played Ice House. We did that kind of stuff. And then COVID hit and kind of we ran out of energy and we just we just stopped playing. And I took that as an opportunity to to essentially focus on really making a record that I wanted to make, like take the time. There's no rush. Um, let's just make music that I'm, I'm really proud of and really thoughtful about. And so that's that's what sort of led to. December Friend, which is essentially me working with some of musicians that I really admire and have wanted to work with. Very cool. Where did the name December Friend come from? Um, you know, it kind of just popped into my head as things sometimes do. I like the way that it sounds, but, you know, being from Minnesota and living in such a cold climate, uh, and I'm real, uh, I felt like the name sort of reflects, um, providing something warm in a time of coldness and that, you know, we were coming out of COVID when it, or, you know, COVID was sort of around us while, while I came up with the name and it was just, I felt like we needed warmth in a cold time. Awesome. Do you think you'll ever play shows with this record? Uh, I'm thinking about it. It's, I mean, there's no question that we took full advantage of modern technology in, in making the record. So it would be hard to sort of replicate the record in a live setting, but I can play everything acoustic. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I don't, I don't, I'm yet to be determined. Of course, I'd, I'd love to play live. Um, but the, we recorded sort of piecemeal, uh, and remotely. So it's not like I have a band ready, ready to roll. Yeah. That, that's just how it goes for sure. Yeah. Where did you, where did you track track it mostly or how did you go about uh, tracking sure i tracked it in my house um it's all home it's all home recording um i bought some you know studio equipment i've always sort of had like you know some you know not super sophisticated recording equipment but um i tracked everything in my house i swapped files with the people who played on it and it's, uh, you know, I tracked vocals here. I tracked my electric here. I tracked acoustic guitar here. Um, just sort of, it's all, it's all home recording. That's awesome. It's amazing how far that's come in recent years. It, it sounds crystal clear. It sounds really good. I just came back from my therapy dog job and I've been listening to your record, uh, Splendor Never Dies All Morning. And, uh, cool. Thank it you. sounds, sounds, I would have thought it was in a, I mean, it sounds like a studio recording. But let's say if someone is thinking about doing this, how mm-hmm. did you go about it? So let's say you write a song on your acoustic, and then you lay down like you record it over a click track or something. How do you go about sharing files with people stacking up a song? If you mind telling us yeah, during the yeah. process. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so usually every every I write everything on acoustic, uh, and then once I sort of have it written and arranged, I will uh, I'll try to record as much of it. I can myself, even if it's not a guitar part, but I'll try to write it out on a guitar. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll record to a click. I'll maybe lay down a drum track um, with, you know, program drums. I'll program the drums. Um, I'll sketch out the melody lines. 
And then when I kind of have it arranged how I think the song should go, I'll do the vocals. I'll do some background vocals. Um, when I sort of have the song built, then I'll then I would send it out to the people that I worked with. Okay, who was some of your favorite singers? You got that kind of whispery uh, rock and roll voice. Um, who would who would be your singer influences for this? Well, favorite singers are probably different than influences. Favorite singer is probably Rod Stewart. I just think he's like just the greatest rock and roll voice ever. Um, Can I jump I in real David quick? Bowie. I just okay, yeah. I just found out. I was looking at oh, this week and I was looking on Twitter and Rod Stewart came up. I'm like, oh, I love Rod Stewart. It's like I cover his version of Tom Waits, whatever. So I click on it. Yeah. Him and I have the same tattoo on our arm. No I way. The same tattoo Rod Stewart has in his arm. I'm I'm from my family's Bohemian. And there's a the Bohemian flag. There's this big Czech lion on there. It looks like every other you know lion or whatever. Rod's uh-huh. got the same exact one on the same exact spot in his arm. Love he was it. having some yeah, stuff it. added to it, but I, I thought that was kind of cool. The same tattoo as Rod Stewart. I don't sound nothing well, like him. Tell- I love him. That sounds great. If we're telling Rod Stewart stories, I was in uh, I was in Kansas City once, and we were sitting at a restaurant. He was playing a show in Kansas City, and we were just at a small restaurant. We didn't go to the show, and the restaurant was closing down, and they were kind of like shuffling people out, and we were like, "Why do we need to go somewhere? We'll just we'll just hang out." Well, in walked Rod Stewart and his entourage, and and it was a pretty small restaurant, so we got to see him have have dinner in there. That's outstanding. Cool. Love Rod. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're saying yeah. David Bowie's one of your other favorite ones. Yeah, agree. I, I love David Bowie. Um, but then sort of like personal influences, it would be more like, um, I mean, Paul Westerberg and just people. I don't I don't consider myself a singer. Um, I would actually I'd love to have someone sing my songs uh, who could actually sing them better than than I can. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so I sort of put myself in the reluctant singer category. And I'm actually I am trying to work on it. I would like to become a better singer. Um but yeah, Paul Westerberg, Jeff Tweedy. Um, I love Connor Oberst. I love his delivery. I think, and I think his lyrics are amazing. Um, Outstanding. I can hear yeah. that stuff in there. Um, so let's let's. I'm just going to pull out a couple songs off the record I I liked, and maybe talk about your story, like how you what how you came up with the song, who played on it, that kind of deal. If sure. that's cool. Uh, sure. The first one yeah. to ask you about is this first track off the record, Textures. A lot of sure, chords in that sure. one, man. That's a chordy, cool song. Can you tell us about yeah. that song and who played on that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so who played on it? It was um, it was me doing a lot of the all the acoustics, the electrics. Uh, I have a drummer in New York who played on it, and um, one of the, the producer on that tra- track is uh, John Blaszewski. And he is in the band Late Cambrian, and he's an amazing guitar player, an amazing bass player. So he played bass and guitar on that. Um, but it was that was one of those ones where I built it on acoustic, and then we just kind of went we went from there. Uh, yeah, a lot of funky chords on that. I tend to do not standard tunings all the time. Um, I sort of like that convention and i like it when you maybe can't hear exactly what the rhythm guitar part is playing because a lot of times you can oh okay they're playing that oh they're playing that i sort of like it when it's when it's masked a little bit um uh but yeah a lot of sevens a lot of nines in 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 that song uh for sure and it was um it's i was i was learning when i wrote the song i was doing a lot of i was like researching a lot of nfts and sort of 
all this virtual world metaverse kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm not into that. I'm just like, I like the real world. I like this world that we're in. Um, I like to go outside and, you know, feel the wind and sort of the textures of, of, uh, of real world life. So that's sort of the theme of, of the song. At the, at the very end of the song, there's an outro and it actually is recordings from parts like from my phone of things that I've um, encountered in life. Speaking of Keith, Keith Richards, I took a video at a Stones concert once. And so you, it's very hard to hear. But in the end of the song, there's like Keith Richards saying, hey, how you doing? Or, so, or something like like that. And so I tried to incorporate sort of real world, my life elements into the end of the song that I would consider sort of the real world textures. Um, so sort of... Uh, uh, paying homage to the textures of real life as opposed to this virtual world that we often live in. That's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. My thank favorite you for listening song. To it. Oh, of course. My favorite song that I saw, it sounds like it's right out of a movie. I was even done thinking here. It was, it was my, my favorite one. Super catchy. Uh, always something special. Just a sure. straight, yeah. catchy rocker. That was my favorite yeah. one. Uh, what's cool. the story behind that song? Uh, I mean, it's at, at, at bottom, you know, I guess it's a, it's a love song. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about my wife and, you know, we both kind of, you know, we live our life, we do different things. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but there's always something special kind of always comes down to that. And, um, that's the, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the main theme and, and hook of that song. Uh, that one was produced by Jeff Victor uh fabulous keyboard player um and he helped me kind of he helped me build that one yeah just a great rocker sounded like a hit to me or something like in a movie or uh i really like that song i might have that song kick off this next episode um this week i think that was just a good song to kick off the whole episode um so i'm gonna make sure i gotta get a radio tag from you uh another song i really like kind of reminded me like the wallflowers the slide guitar is rise like a song Sure. Who played yeah, on that? Yeah. What's the story behind that song? Uh, same players as 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 textures. Um, John Blaszewski is doing the slide guitar on that. Um, you know, that's a song to. Um, it's sort of a dual thing, like kind of appreciation of music itself and how songs can be so uplifting. You kind of have those uh, goosebump moments when you when you listen to something, and it's a little bit of a um, you know a message to my my kids like, Hey, go out there and have your voice be heard and, you know, let it rise like a song. Um, I'm glad you like that. People are, people are getting favorable reaction to that one. So that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah. I thought it was real catchy too. Um, is there any other songs you want to talk about that might have a little history, a little interesting background to them? Um, you know, a lot of the songs are about, um, the kind of the theme that just popped up during writing, was was there one called Pete's so bike much, on fire or something like that? Oh, Paul's bike is free. Oh, so you go back to Paul. I Paul was Western driving. I thought it said fire. <laughs> yeah, no, Paul's bike is free. So I had a buddy come up to me who lives in the neighborhood where where Paul Westerberg lives, and he said, you know, Paul put his bike at the end of his driveway. Paul's bike is free, and I was like, well, that's a cool name for a for a song. Paul's bike is free because um, it kind of has you know two meanings. You can be kind of free in your more philosophical context. Uh, so that song is, it's kind of a tribute to the replacements, I, su- I suppose. Um, but yeah, that, that refers to Paul Westerberg there. 
Um, you know, a lot of the songs are about, um, you know, we live in kind of tough and challenging times, right? There's a lot of division and all that. Um, and sort of finding the beauty in, in, in the chaos. So songs like slow smiles, which I think is the third song is, is sort of about, about that, about seeing the beauty that we sometimes overlook. Um, second song on the record is uh, Should We Be Dancing, which is sort of a recognition that, you know, I feel very fortunate at this point where I am in my life and I have a lot to be grateful for. It's a song of gratitude, yet I realize that around the world, things, you know, not everybody, there's a lot going on, a lot of challenges. So it's sort of that balance. Should we really be, should we be dancing when so many people can't be dancing is sort of the, is sort of the theme of, the, of that one. So yeah, trying to see the beauty in this chaotic world that we live in was sort of the theme that kept rearing its head during this process. I gotcha. Are you? Is this out on like vinyl, CD, or is it all on like Spotify streaming? It's all, all on all the streaming services. I did press some CDs, not vinyl, a little little too spendy. Um, but yeah, I do have I do have CDs. But yeah, on all streaming services, and um, you know, we're working on the next one. So okay, there'll be more. Do you have a website or something that people want to check you out to learn more about you or your music that you can send folks to? Yeah, definitely. Decemberfriend.com.
Bringing home this week's episode of the Minnesota Music Shakedown is another song by one of the featured guests this week, Sarah Morris, with her song, You Are Champagne, on a Wednesday. Big thanks to Andrew Crowley of Organica Recording for assisting in post-production. This has been the Minnesota Music Shakedown. If you'd like to toss a buck or two in the podcast tip jar, please go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music. If you like what I do, check out my new website, my brand new website, MarkSteryMusic.net. For artists or song submissions, please email me at MarkSteryMusic at gmail.com or message me on social media. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. Champagne on a Wednesday, why not? Give me.